Hi, friends. Before I jump into this week's episode, I wanted to say a couple of things. One, you're going to be listening to a conversation that I hosted May 27th with two principals from my mastermind community, along with Jen Schwanke, the principal of Indian Run Elementary in Dublin, Ohio, and often called my co-host because of how often she has been in the room in these conversations. I just really am so excited to share the feedback that we discussed from her book, as well as some other conversations that take place. This was about 60 minutes of conversation, but what you're going to hear today is about 20 minutes of that content. And if I have the opportunity, I'm going to put a part two together for next week where I take some additional conversation that we have. I do edit sometimes in these conversations because a part of a mastermind is being able to share details from our school that stay confidential within the room. So with the permission of those within this conversation, I have taken some chosen parts to share with you this week. Also, I just wanted to tell you that if you are in the Minnesota area coming up June 15th, the Minnesota Association of Secondary School Principals is hosting their summer conference outside of Minneapolis at Breezy Point Resort. And I would love to see anyone in that area who lives in Minnesota. So please reach out to me. You can always find my email at will at williamdparker.com. Also next week, Texas Association of Secondary School Principals is hosting its virtual conference and I'll be speaking there on June 16th virtually. So would love to see you at either of those events. I hope you're having a fantastic summer. Thanks for doing what matters and hope you enjoy this week's episode. Principal Matters Podcast, episode 249. Hi friends, this is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week we're talking about principal rebooting as we wrap up a school year with several guests, including Jen Schwaki, the principal of Indian Run Elementary in Dublin, Ohio, and the author of two books on school leadership, Samantha Bartram, principal of Coastal Academy High School in Oceanside, California, and Aaron Igo, assistant principal of Piedmont High School in the San Francisco Bay Area. Welcome to this episode, you three amazing leaders. And just to set the stage for listeners, Samantha and Aaron have participated in a Principal Matters Mastermind this whole school year together, and we've invited Jen into tonight's conversation so that we could talk, one, about her book, and then, two, we could reflect to each other, with each other, on matters important to school leaders. And even before we started this part of the recording, we've already been just unpacking some amazing conversation about women in leadership, which I would love to share some of that, if you ladies don't mind, with, with any edits that you suggest. And um, we've also been talking about the challenges of imposter syndrome, how leaders often, when we're complimented, have a really hard time believing that um, the the excellence that people reflect back to us. And um, and so, Jen, first of all, welcome to the end of a school year, because I've heard that tomorrow is an important day for you. Do you want to tell listeners what you're looking forward to? Tomorrow is the last day of our school year and we, our district does something what I think is brilliant. We have a half day the last day. And so the teachers can wrap up with a half work day, which is something they're really looking forward to. And there are going to be tacos. I don't know if you were referring to that kind of excitement, Will, or if I should tell them about my next chapter. 
Well, let's hold your next okay. chapter for okay. further into this conversation. So, and besides that, just whets the taste of every listener because there's some exciting things getting ready to happen with Jen Schwanke. But Samantha Bartram, Aaron Igo, why don't you guys give us an update on where you are in the school year? Because I don't think tomorrow's your last day, Samantha, but you're getting close. Yeah, we are getting really close. So it is finals week in Stingray Land. Coastal High is home of the Stingrays. Uh, it's finals week as we wrap up the end of this week. And then uh, my school does something uh, unique before we have graduation. Um, next week, every single student meets with their teacher mentor and their parent, and we do something called a presentation of learning. So the students take the main essential standards they've learned over the year, and they pick an assignment from every class, as well as a habit of success we focus on for our social emotional side of things. Um, and they prepare a, a presentation, they get dressed up, and they um, present to their parent and their mentor um, kind of a highlight of the semester. And then we have next Friday, our senior graduation. Um, and that's it. Yay. Erin Igo is in the room with us too. Erin, give us an update oh, of what's going on in the San Francisco Bay Area. Sure. Um, well, we started school a little late this year, so we're going a little long. Um, Next, we graduate on the 11th of June. And in between that time, we're getting ready for prom. Um, that's June 5th. Um, and that's really exciting because we didn't think we'd have one. Um, and then they'll have grad night too. And we're gonna have some cool stuff for seniors. Um, and uh, so that's what's going on now. And, and you know, just the everyday crazy of being an assistant principal running all over the place um, and just really helping kids out, um, trying to get them through this this year. The everyday crazy. I love that, Aaron, and that's so true. <laughs> and so tonight, we're actually looking at a chapter from your book, Jen Schwanke. Thank you so much for this powerful resource, The Principal Reboot, Eight Ways to Revitalize Your School Leadership, which I understand you published, like, basically the moment that the nation was declaring COVID-19 <laughs> had arrived. Is that true? <laughs> you hear me laughing. It's it, That's all you can do. You guys, the book dropped on March 17th. And I don't know about your state, but that was the day that things locked down. And so we really could not have picked a worse day, but um, you know what, it, it's all fine. And um, the book, you know, a book like this takes, it takes a couple of years to actually get in your hands. So the writing had been done far before the pandemic, but what's really interesting is I've done multiple presentations since it was published from the lens of, being a COVID-19 principal. And really what the concept, the overall concept is, you know, revitalize, reboot, um, change things around, do things differently. And COVID-19 forced that probably a little bit more aggressively than many of us would have chosen on our own, but we had to flip things completely and quickly. And so I hope the book still spoke to readers almost more so than, than the original intent since we had to navigate through this whole pandemic thing. Jen, it has, it has been interesting to read this book from that perspective, because I knew you wrote this book before the pandemic and when it dropped in March of 2020, and now we're reading it in the spring semester of 2021, it's so interesting to, to look at it from the, from the lens of how these things have worked with protocols and with COVID-19 mask mandates, but so much of the common sense in this works no matter what. 
and we've already worked through the first six chapters of this book together. So anyone listening that is interested in like, how do you get into these conversations? You can reach out later to ask about how to, to join a mastermind. But, but Jen, tonight we're looking at chapter seven, which is all about revisiting efficiency. And, and I just wanted to park into this conversation for just a minute and do what we normally do in these conversations, which is talk a little bit about the content of the chapter. And I want to just probe a couple of questions with Samantha and Aaron, and then with you as well. On page 134 of your book, you say, if we are spending our time addressing repercussions of inefficient operations, then we're not doing things that we should be doing. And this entire chapter is just you unpacking inefficiencies. Talk to us a little bit about what was going into your mind as you as you thought through the, the purpose of a principal addressing inefficiency. So many times as principals and, you know, Aaron and Sam, I'm sure this resonates with you deeply too. So many times we're, we're running around chasing the crazy, right, Aaron? <laughs> and we're, we're being so reactive and things happen and we have to go fix them. And if we, first of all, could be more proactive and or if we could make things work more quickly, more efficiently, use our people better, use our money better, use our time better, then we would just capture that all back on, the, on our end. So it drives me bonkers, you guys, when I, when I see inefficient operations or my latest word is evolution. And in education, we have to evolve because our students have evolved. And I know that sounds cliche. I do know that. But when, you know, this whole COVID-19 thing happened and the students were like, cool, make videos. And the teachers were like, oh gosh, I have to make a video. I don't know how to do that. We have to evolve at a, at a quicker pace. And that evolution will, will naturally lead to efficiency. So then we're not wasting our time. You know, we're not spinning our wheels and, and fixing things that aren't you know, that don't justify the time or the salary we that we make every day. So I wanted to look at, thank you for that, Jen. I, I wanted to look at some specific areas from this chapter and probe your experiences, all three of you, because here are some things that you unpack, Jen, that are um, areas that principals should be examining for efficiency. Um, outdated practices, things that have been legacy practices that might need to be revisited, overseeing technology, how, how is that being performed within your district and in your school and is it efficient? School safety and security, transportation, discipline referrals, systems and management, and staff allocation schedules and responsibilities, which that every single one of those, I think we could spend an hour talking about, but I just wanted to ask the question, what are some of the areas from that list that you guys have either experienced opportunities to address, or maybe even some of those areas right now that you still are experiencing some challenge? Well, I was thinking about a friend of mine and she, she recently started in a, in a new district and I called her last October. I said, how's it going? She said, there's no systems. There's nothing in place. She said, it's maddening because she would, you know, call the HR person and say, okay, tell me the process for hiring. Well, we don't really have, you know, you know, you do this. And then she'd call the transportation board. What's the system for discipline with the buses? Well, we kind of, and it was driving her crazy. And she said, she said, I feel like I have a choice. I can wallow in this, the, the maddening inefficiency of this, or I can try and create some. Now it's been a hard road for her and she's about ready to leave, I think, because, people who are comfortable without systems 
resent it when someone comes in and says, hey, we need a system. And so she's gotten a lot of resistance. And, you know, she's the sharp young thing who who um, has been raised professionally, grown up in systems. And so she she's like, hey, we can do this better. Well, they want no part of it. So I think it's in a, it, I think it's a really conflicting place to be. You see that systems would help processes, protocols, things written down, flow charts, those kind of things would help. But um, that's a very threatening proposition for some people. They like it to be um, willy nilly because then it keeps the headlight off of them, right? It keeps them from, from being exposed as inefficient themselves. Well, and in addition to that, and that is very true, I think there's also a lack of awareness that there isn't, right. there aren't <laughs> systems. So the communication then suffers because the channels aren't, you know, connected. Exactly. Sam, offline, you were telling us that your school has, has expanded quite rapidly. So how do your systems evolve with that kind of rapid growth? I'm so curious. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, as I was listening to you speak and I was just refle reflecting on systems in general, um, I would say the great majority of my first two years as a principal was trying to be a proactive thinker and create systems that I think we need while connecting with other principals, but then being reactive when I realized, ah, we don't have a system for that. Or actually in theory, that sounded really great, but it's not working. So being really willing to accept feedback from everyone who may see a gap in the system. And um, I went through a super powerful training um, through our county that went over the five domains of a system leader. I think it's through the Center of Executive Leadership, which is a, a national organization. And it was super powerful um, and influential in, in my systems leadership practice that I have today. Um, but in just kind of tying it back um, to your book, Jen, and, and kind of the different domains that we're looking at here, um, there are two that really came up for me. I mean, of course, I feel like any, any site leader uh, would say overseeing technology during this time of, I call it the distance learning shuffle at our school as we, we, we've shifted from distance learning to hybrid to in-person and back and forth again. Um, I think the role of tech has caused everyone to really look at what were, what were we doing pre-COVID? What are we doing now? And I know for my site at our last teacher meeting of the year, I asked the teachers, what changes have we made this year that have served our community well that we want to continue? And one of those practices is office hours on Zoom. We didn't do it before, but we know there are students who need to connect with their teacher and transportation is an issue. So we're not gonna use Zoom for everything. We're not gonna use Zoom for most things, but virtual office hours work. Our attendance for office hours skyrocketed when you remove the barrier of getting to school. Um, and then Erin, just to speak on the discipline piece, I was thinking about that as well. Um, taking a look at our practices as our school has grown, I have an assistant principal, I have department chairs, I have study hall supervisors, all these different people who are referring students, um, even you know my assistant principal um, assisting with disciplinary type related issues and realizing that we all come at it from different vantage points. Um, and so I really realized that we need to take a look at the restorative side of things because it can be so easy 
when you call a student, they call you a name, they ignore you to let your ego or the power or whatever go on in that moment to say detention, suspend, et cetera, right? But we know like if we're looking at long-term change for students, we have to look at the system. When something happens, how are we responding? And, and um, as far as like the actual system itself, my school uses uh, QR codes for everything. So we have it for counseling referrals, for discipline, everything. And every teacher has a bunch of these in their room. So they just take out their phone, uh, and the camera now on an iPhone, you just take a picture of the QR code and it brings up the Google form. So I found from a place of just efficiency, QR codes work so well for teachers. Wow. Principal Matters listeners, in just a few minutes, we're going to jump back into that great conversation with Jen Schwanke, Aaron Igo, and Samantha Bartram. In this mastermind conversation, I wanted to just jump in in the middle of this podcast episode just to let you know that as summer is beginning and school is winding down for many of you listening at the time of this recording, applications are opening for masterminds that the Principal Matter community hosts. And I've been hosting masterminds this past school year with small groups of school leaders who want to consistently connect weekly, connect with other leaders who are willing to study rich content together through book studies, talk about their own practices, talk about their own self-care, and then share hot seat issues where they need feedback and collaboration from other leaders to know how to step forward. If that's something that you're interested in exploring more, please reach out to me by email at will at williamdparker.com, or you can go on my website and look at williamdparker.com slash mastermind for more information. I would love for you to talk about if that would be a good fit for you in your leadership. I hope that you're taking time this summer to learn together. And if you've had experiences that you would like to share from your own school year, or maybe lessons that you are learning that you would just love to be a part of the community and sharing, please reach out. You, you can reach out to me through email. You can find me on social media. I don't often uh, share my social media handles here, but on Twitter, I'm at WilliamDP. On Instagram, you can find me at William underscore D underscore Parker. You can find me at Facebook by looking at the Principal Matters page. And you can also find me on LinkedIn under my name, William D. Parker, there too. But I would be so thrilled to hear from you in ways that we can stay connected. And finally, if you haven't taken an opportunity to rake this program on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, please do so. Because when you do, it makes it more available and visible to others looking for good content for principal leadership. So Having said all that, I'm so excited to jump back into this second half of the conversation with Aaron and Sam and with Jen Schwanke. And we've been talking to Jen Schwanke about her book, uh, Reboot and Chapter 7 on how to revisit efficiencies and operations. Jen, anything you wanted to um, add or reflect back to Sam or, or Aaron on those comments? No, I just love the forward thinking processes that they have going on. And I think a lot of principals would benefit from looking at the obvious, you know, like Sam, you know, QR codes, we, we use them in menus all the time now, right? <laughs> and so why can't that kind of um, efficient process be applied to schools? Um, I also think it's a, a, a really fun trick for principals to play in their mind. Like what is the most obvious outdated practice that we have in our school? And so, um, 
you know, a, a friend of mine said, we're still using triplicate forms for absences. And I said, oh my goodness. Oh, 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 no, please, please. No. If, if you're using triplicate forms, that means three people are touching that form. And that's, um, well, three too many. I was going to say two too many, but three. So, you know, if there's something that's so incredibly outdated, um, I said to my staff not too long ago, I said, if you have anything that originated in the 80s, it must be gone. Like, think, of, go, go, there's a better way. So it's just a fun thing for, for a principal maybe to audit within their schools. Well, um, I wanted to also just probe a little bit, Jen, with, with you in the room. And this is what we talked about earlier in the introduction, that you've got some transitions coming up in your own school leadership. You and I met over the work of the principalship, and we've spent a lot of time talking through in a series of episodes, both of your books, the You're the Principal, Now What? and The Principal Reboot. But you've had an opportunity uh, recently to answer the call to do something different in educational leadership. So fill us in on what the latest is for you in, in your next journey. Right. I, I'm really excited about it, but also nervous, you, you know, leaving an, a role that I love so much as building principal, it, it was a hard decision, but I'll be shifting to deputy superintendent of my district and um, really, again, really excited about it, but it's hard because we're in these last few weeks of the school year, which it's really easy to forget how I felt in January, right? Or how I felt in November, because right now the these celebrations are happening and the students are writing letters and cards and, and parents are just feeling misty eyed and everything's good now. So it's hard to think about leaving my office and, and my current school. I just love, I feel like I grew up here in some ways and um, it's a school where family and culture really do, do weigh most prominently in our decisions. And so um, with that said, you know, the next chapter will be a lot of fun. I hope to make a, a difference for more students in an expanded capacity. Excited. Well, the first thing I want to say is congratulations, Jen. And I would say this to you if we weren't in this session, if we were just talking one-on-one, -on -one, but I think it's a beautiful thing when someone can leave something they love because that's not always an option for everyone to be able to transition away from something that they're passionate about into something that they're passionate about. So that's a that's a gift. So congratulations on having an opportunity to 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 experience that gift. And I know you get to stay connected. Uh, your children are in your district. And so that's wonderful that you can stay connected with, with your family and your work. But I know that's hard to see right now because as school closes, you've got the crunch of both the responsibilities of a principal closing out the school and the crunch of new responsibilities beckoning you that you're getting ready to step into. And so I, I, I wish I could um, like send you dinner tonight or something, because I know <laughs> I, I can't imagine the amount of pressure that you're feeling, which just makes me so grateful that you were willing to jump into this conversation. Well, Jen Schwanke, I know that we could, because I know you and I know these ladies that we could, this conversation could go nonstop for another hour and there would be no reason that we would want to stop this conversation. So I just want to um, tell each of you how much I appreciate and value your friendships and your leadership. And I dream of the day when we can sit in a real room and just share dinner or drinks and have these conversations for a really, really long time. But, but Aaron and Sam and Jen Schwanke, thank, thank you for you. doing what matters. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye-bye.